Hey guys, welcome back. VDC Care here. We're back with our weekly Q&A content. It's a video, it's a podcast. It's just those two things and nothing else. We are multimedia. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if multi is on two. YouTube, the links in the description will take you to a bunch of different podcasting platforms as well as an RSS feed that you can manually sort of add to most podcast apps. And my pitch for that is that we don't make any ad revenue from it, so I have no reason to to be trying to sell it to you. But I think it's a nicer way to listen if you're not paying that much attention to the video anyways, uh, because it lets you download it, take it offline, take it on the go with you, and critically, have it play in the background while you're doing something else right. on your device without needing sort of two monitors or more power. If you're a mobile gamer, which I you probably are if you listen to us, right? If you watch mm. our stuff, uh, then you can play a game on your phone while you're listening to our podcast also on your phone at the same time. Right. Uh, double up. Yeah. All right. So what? a lot of times when you make the pitch for the podcast, I'm going to make the pitch for the video. What's happening in the video today? So normally, not normally, well, for a while, what we've been doing is highlighting each challenge character as the background video while we play the challenge character that we first mentioned it in the recap on the Thursday and we just do more playing with them so you get a better feel because I think there's a lot of to be said where you can't really appreciate a character until you spend some time with some significant time with them playing them online in multiplayer yeah and I, I will grant you that there are lots of other ways to play and lots of other ways that matter to other people like survivor like the offline play but I think at some point, um, if you're going to play this long enough, you can't get away from multiplayer. And that's sort of the, the common thread that runs through all of it. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most difficult because all the other stuff, it's relatively static. I think you can make your adjustments as you need to, mm -hmm. but multiplayer, I think has its own unique set of challenges. So that I said all that as a preamble to say, we're not doing that this week. We had uh, a, an open question for people to to let us know if they were interested in seeing the the sort of the orphaned challenge characters, the characters that have not been in the challenge cycle that we've been following since May 2020. So there's 23 orphaned challenge characters, mm -hmm. and it seems like there are enough people who are interested in seeing that, that that's what you're watching today. And today's, this week's orphan character is Injustice to Aquaman. Yeah. And... What's neat is, okay, so he's got very high stats. So he slots in really easily to our usual uh, hot girl team because his special one does bleed damage, that, that specific damage over time, and because his passive leans into his bleed damage where he can reverse damage over time that he takes, and double it onto the opponent, mm -hmm. then it feels like it would be a shame not to really make the most of that. So as a third piece of gear, and I always say third because Tanti Totem, Master's Death Cart, unless there's a specific reason, those are going to be the first two slots for your main damage dealer, the star of your team. The third gear really makes sense to make it Quake Engine. Mm. Right? It extends the damage over time. Right? When it's supposed to finish, it extends it onto the, the character that's in front of you. It also... Increases by 50% the damage over time and the specials, but mm. the, the damage over time is sort of key here. It increases by 50% damage over time on characters who are uh, who have less than a bar of power. Very cool. So it'd be a shame not to use that as a third 
piece of gear, which means we need somebody else to do the gear shattering or somebody's got Astro Harness. And mm. because Rebirth Raven is really good um, at protecting your team by taking away power, it's she's not as good as being your gear stripper because mm -hmm. it takes a lot more to get it just right to have a couple bars of power to be able to strip all of the opponent's gears. So that's why we've got Red Lantern Hal Jordan in there. And I mean, there's lots of different ways. That variation of Red Lantern Hal Jordan and Hawkgirl being your tanks, um, making them, well, making both of them hardier so that the damage over time mm -hmm. can bleed them out. Uh, I'm not entirely married to the idea because Red Lantern Hal Jordan right now has uh, Batman Ninja Helmet. I'm not entirely married to that idea. Part of me is tempted to try... Uh, Necron Scythe instead of that, plus Claw of Horus, plus um, Enchanted or Enchantress uh, companion gear, mm. because it seems like instead of making him hardier with the helmet, it might be better just to give him the revive so you get a chance to do more specials and do more gear stripping. But I, I got to play around with that a bit more. But the key really is that Aquaman and Justice Aquaman. Pretty strong character. His passive is a lot of fun when it triggers, right? When you watch the opponent bleed out. The problem is it doesn't happen often enough to make a difference in most fights. So he's really good. If you need a damage over time specialist, works really well. And it, even better, you are not vulnerable to a damage over time opponent. But I think it's one of those very specific scenarios that... Um, it's it it makes it harder to justify doing that when it's not sort of a, an everyday occurrence, right? It's not every team that you face that's going to be doing damage over time to you, at least not in a significant enough way. But when when Arc Knight Catwoman is there and she lays one on you, that is beautiful because that's the only thing really that can save you. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Uh, and one last thing before we get into the questions, I'll say I finished Baldur's Gate three recently. Oh yeah, and that is it was a really cool game. Mm. I will say, like, you know, nobody needs telling about it, I think, because, you know, it did win Game of the Year and everything. But it just feels really richly realized. It feels incredibly dense uh, it, with stuff. And it feels like one of those games where there's something around every corner. Mm. Uh, so it really makes you want to sort of see and do everything. And I think it's one of those games which is it's funny because you al almost, like, need to either talk with other people about it or play it multiple times or look stuff up online to really fully appreciate it because there is so much variation in how you approach problems and how storylines will play out. And so you, you almost can't because you have one experience with it and you just do what makes sense to you and that's your story. But knowing how many other sort of paths you could have gone down and how many different ways it could have turned out right. is really where some of the magic happens. It's funny you should mention that. I think there's something related to that in the second question yeah. that we've got this week. So hopefully we get through more than one question this week. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Isn't that the, the first question this week? Uh, or are you thinking about something different? Because no. the first one comes from David Gustafson, 6164. And they say, since you guys have been playing this game for so long, are there any particular interactions between two characters that are unique or interesting? I'm asking because recently I was playing as Black Knight Flash against a Metahuman Flash and Black Knight Flash's passive, where he dodges a basic attack was triggered. But Metahuman's Flash's passive was also active. So the first hit of Metahuman's Flash's 
passive was oh sorry so the first hit of metahuman flash's basic attack was dodged but the next two hits from his three times basic attack passive hit like normal i thought this was really interesting and wondered if there were any other characters who passives canceled each other out or affected each other in a unique way thanks for the videos maybe you're thinking of something different i'm thinking but... of something, so there's just, i guess that's another aspect of what you're just mentioning right yeah. like in terms of just the, how different people played i was thinking yeah, more the nuance of, in the interactions i was thinking more along lines of the the, the having a community talk about like there's something more that to game playing than just playing the game yeah part of it is it's a sort of shared experience yeah even for a single player game right because there right. are multiplayer games that are like clearly social experiences but then when you play a single player game if you play it right when it comes out it is like a social experience too very much you're participating in sort of that cultural moment right. and the discussions when they're fresh and vibrant and maybe people are discovering new stuff you know yeah. live yeah so what's interesting about this is i think it's it's a it's a different interaction than might seem obvious at first. So what's happening is the reason why this works like this is because the team that's controlled by the AI, which is the opponent's team, they complete their basic combos. Mm -hmm. So they'll finish it. Even if you block it, even if you dodge it, unlike ours, where if they, if we block it, sorry, if they, if the, the AI blocks our attack, mm -hmm. our combo finishes. So we just stop, right? So what's interesting, I'm not entirely sure that I know exactly what's happening because the Blackest Night Flash dodges, I've seen this sometimes too, where say the Blackest Night Flash starts their attack and we can do an interrupt where we're going to do a special aura combo in the middle of their attack that we've mostly, that we started blocking, but they get to finish it so that they, because Blackest Night Flash is a funny animation where they, he comes at your back, right? Yeah. Like he'll punch the front and then do a quick run around to your back and stick his fist through your chest mm -hmm. and then come back out. So I'm not sure that there's necessarily an interaction there so much as there's a, a, a thing with the animation where they're both happening at the same time, but only one person's hits are registering mm. however on that related note we've got a, a playlist um i can't remember what exactly what's called i'll link it in the description i think it was called fun stuff where we had specifically those kind of interactions that we were able to reproduce yeah and one of them was where reverse flash could disappear um it, it was ha a lot of it had to do with uh interrupting elsewhere flashes uh or triggering elsewhere flashes passive which i don't think you can do the same way now where if in the middle of, say, um, Apocalypse Darkseid, I want to say Darkseid Apocalypse, but I can't remember which one's right. Yeah. Um, where in his special two, he does that thing where he starts smacking you and then he grows really, really big before he smacks you really hard towards the end of his special two. Mm -hmm. That if you can get him to trigger Elseworld Flash's passive in the middle of it, he stays big. Yeah. And then you can be like a little ant tickling his feet until somebody does another special. Mm -hmm. there's fun stuff like that. So I'll link that in the description. I can't remember. There was also the time where, and this was a glitch that they fixed where blackest Knight's um, Manhunter, because one of the, his passive, one of the abilities that cycles through is healing and healing his team. Yeah. When I can't remember what color he is. I think it might be uh, when he's red. I think orange is power. Yeah, I don't remember the colors, but anyways. Yeah. So, He's, uh, or is it blue? I can't remember. But he would heal literally millions of points of health every time he, um, triggered, uh, the health drain on an opponent that had no health. 
Mm-hmm. And then each time they tried to, it would just trigger like a huge amount of health coming back. Yeah. So it, it, anyways, there's lots of things like that. I would be, if, if it's been a while since we've done anything like that, but if somebody could point out examples, I'd be, I'd actually, I think I'd really enjoy trying to reproduce some of it and um, getting it on film. Cause some of it just looks hilarious when you see it. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, the next question comes from y- Yon Kid. It's hard to say. It's Y-O-U-N-K-I-D. So it's like Young Kid without the G. Yeah. And one word. And they say, I just came back to this game years later and surprised that people still play. Is there a Discord or community where people still plays this? So it's funny because if you look at the word, the way, because it's, there's no spacing, right? Because it could be Yo Unkid. Yeah. It could be Young Kid without the G. What else yeah. does it look like? Well, Yo it could be Unkid. something like Yunkid or something like it could just be like a full name. Oh, that's true, right? Yeah, like yeah. it could be a name in uh, in a language that I'm not familiar with, but right. like anglicized, romanized, right? Right, right. So I'll, I'll link this in the description too. I think the Injustice Mobile subreddit is probably the best place right now. I don't do a lot of discords. I think I do one Discord. Yeah, like not anonymously, so not as BDCKR, but so as there, myself. There might be. There probably are. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to leave your your injustice Discord in the comments, if you want uh, to, this is a free t- free opportunity to just give a shout out to your Discord. Yeah, but this is what you're talking about, where the community aspect of it is yes. important, yes. and I think that's one of the common reasons why there's especially a lot of like live service like multiplayer games Mm -hmm. and they really do live or die off of their community even when you can play them theoretically with just like a small number of people there was um a game that i was a quite a big fan of called quantum league uh and it's just they had to abandon it and stop updating it uh because it just never captured sort of the audience that they needed and there just weren't enough people playing it and you can still play it with like your friends but if you want to go online and do anything with it, it's it's pretty pretty dead. It, it's always disappointing right. when you see stuff that's good get sort of dropped because of the lack of discussion around it. Right. Right. Yeah. But um. Well, this is it's this is not so much the game got dropped. I'm thinking along the lines of there used to be a couple of places that I like to hang out at. Yeah. But there's a lot of discussion. For injustice. For injustice. Yeah. yeah. So one was Game Facts F A Q S. Yeah. And there was one Game Facts for the ios version and one for the android version and yeah. it was busy enough that you get lots of interesting discussions and then eventually they just died off uh android one first and there's just no new threads on it and then yeah. eventually the ios one too mm-hmm. and warner brothers used to have a great forum it was it was really like lively lots of interesting discussion lots of people doing the kind of analysis that we hardly ever see anymore yeah and it was fun because when it was a brand new game too, people were trying to figure stuff out and we we would happily discuss different ideas and people, there would be people willing to try it out, different teams, different whatever, looking yeah. at the numbers, trying to figure out how what the interaction was between somebody's passive and their gears or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just, I think Warner Brothers stopped supporting it. I don't even know if they still have a form, but they migrated, what they promised they were going to do, this isn't more of the oral history for, for those of you who haven't been around as long. What they said they were going to do is they were going to migrate their servers mm-hmm. for their forums. And that, uh, you know, here's the date, it's coming up, it's coming up. And then instead of migrating it, they just abandoned what was there before. They started their new forums so you could start new conversations. But all the stuff yeah. that had gone before, gone. Mm-hmm. And that was the best way to kill it. Because when you can't 
find all the old information. Well, then it's no longer like a dialogue, right? You've right. Like it's it's harder to take something, and then you're losing all of that sort of context. Of people go, oh, look at this poster. Oh, look at this. Right. Right. If you if you wipe it all and start fresh, you kind of have to re-attract people. You have to sort of start it again. And at that point, I guess there wasn't enough steam for people to get it rolling. It could keep going the way it was, but right. you don't have enough juice to sort of start it. That's kind of like, this is a totally random uh, connection. But the way uh, fans work, like electric fans, mm-hmm. uh, the highest power mode is always right next to the off switch. Right. Uh, and the reason why that is, is because it's an electromagnet. And instead of having sort of an onboard circuit like um program run where it starts with a high amount of energy because the idea is that you've got sort of when it's not moving you've got friction to overcome and it's actually a lot harder to give it that first initial movement and then once it's moving uh the electromagnet can work at a lot lower power and continue to spin it right and so your two options are you, you basically need to start with a higher impulse then you need to keep it going so at the lowest spin power, uh, it might not actually be enough to get it starting spinning. And so if you want somebody to be able to flip their fan onto the lowest power, you have two options. One is every time you turn the fan on, you run a little quick a sort burst. of program. Yeah, yeah, where it's programmed to the first time you turn on, run it more powerful and then drop it back down. Or right. you can just make it so that the dial requires them to flip it onto the highest power for a second, which you know has enough power to get it moving. And they're essentially... Uh, right. running that, you know, little subroutine themselves where they right. flip it to the highest power on their way to the bottom and you know that right. gives it the jolt to right. get it moving. All right, so that's interesting. I, I never knew that, but there's a parallel there. To, maybe there's a parallel there too with flashlights. So programmable LED flashlights that have more than one level. Yeah. Often the, the cheaper flashlights have a default where the first level... Okay, so how flashlights, the the really the programmable ones, yeah. have... Uh, a a thing where you can cycle through it by half clicking. So full click, yeah. it may, I probably shouldn't get into this, but there's reverse clickies and forward clickies. And reverse clickies where you have to depress it all the way to engage yeah. it. And the forward clickies where you just have give a half touch will, will engage the light, but it won't yeah. block it. Mm-hmm. So the if it's a reverse clicky, you t- push it all the way to turn it on. Yeah. And then you do half clicks to cycle through the modes. The first mode, if it's a cheap flashlight and you can't reprogram it yourself, yeah. often is high. So yeah. it goes from zero to high, mm-hmm. and then medium, and then low, and then high, and then medium, and then yeah. low, and then high. Even so though the, ideally, probably you'd want to start with the lowest power. This is what and I'm saying. Work up. Right, because I mean, some people want it high right away. Fair, yeah. fair play. But a lot of the times when I'm using a flashlight, yeah. I need it to start off low so that I don't lose my night vision. Yeah. So and I, it's harder if you start high and then go low and you're in pitch black. The low is going to look like nothing. It's going to look a lot less. It's, right, it's going right, right, right. to be like you're turning the lights back off again. Right. So that's interesting. I wonder if there's some, there's a parallel there. But there can't be really. I mean, there's not. Because it's it seems like it's relatively trivial. Because yeah. on the flashes that you can reprogram, you can set either what comes first as being low. Mm-hmm. Or if you can't program it so specifically mm-hmm. there's patterns so that there's a high medium low pattern there's a low medium high pattern yeah. there's a you know what i mean like there you can you can set it different ways yeah that might be an example of sort of convergent evolution where things end up looking the same even though they came, uh, from, different, though they came from different right. places right that's uh that's another fun sort of aside uh crabs apparently 
the the animals yeah evolved multiple times from different evolutionary branches it oh, seems like funny. crabs are like a relatively optimized state uh where you end up with a bunch of different things that look almost the same uh that came from totally different sort of uh ancestors that the the place okay. that they split off in the branch uh was nowhere nothing crab-like at all and the crabs just popped up again <laughs> that's wild yeah um oh you know what's funny we talked about all the the not so great places or places we're not sure about the one place did i say the subreddit did i mention the subreddit i, I did actually i think Maybe you I did, did briefly okay. yeah but the subreddit right. is a great place that still I, has discussion that, yeah and i feel like i mean i was following those three things game facts the sub subreddit and wb forums for the, yeah. most of the life of them Mm -hmm. And the subreddit still maintained enough interest that I still go to that mm -hmm. and check it out every once in a while. Just maybe not every day. Um, and there's a few good contributors too. I mean, um, people come and go, but I think Devlin16 has still been a, a pretty good resource. But sometimes it's hard to maintain. You see examples of that, right? Like people who were mods on that subreddit mm -hmm. who have eventually left or who've moved on to other things. Well, yeah, I, I think the, the thing is that it's all your incentives, right? Like, even if you're doing it just because it's nice, that's still, like, an incentive. Uh, and so for people, for a game like this, you know, yeah. some people really love it and want to stick with it, but it's a whole other thing to spend extra time outside of that, having that sort of discussion and maintaining yep. that community space for it. Yep. And our incentive is very clear, right? Which is people watch us, right? The reason why we play and put effort in is because there's somebody listening to us saying this right now. Uh, it's a mix of we enjoy doing it. It's relatively easy for us to hang out with each other, whatever. But if you're like a subreddit moderator, right? You're not yeah. getting ad revenue. Nobody's sort of... People are maybe coming to you and giving you that warm, fuzzy feeling of like looking to you as like an expert or right. like a pillar of the community or whatever. There's lots of sort of stuff you get out of it. But I think relatively speaking, doing it for YouTube is a, is a more selfish and relatively more rewarding even though the rewards are like you know yeah. very minor right. sort of compared to the amount of time we're putting into it if you're thinking about it like a job if you're thinking right. about it as something you do for fun this is m more rewarding than i think most hobbies are right. right yeah yeah i mean every time you mention that i keep on thinking back when they had youtube studios in toronto yeah to me that was probably one of the biggest payoffs like there was that that sort of accessible access yeah. to the studios to yeah. other creators to the part really the parties they had yeah free great parties catering. you would get yeah snacks and drinks and whatever you could go to um classes right on how to I, up your okay. youtube game i still have the um i saved the youtube google cardboard is that what you're gonna no, say no i was gonna say the scarf there's a youtube oh. scarf and i still got the youtube studios um aluminum water bottles yeah and I'm partly I'm afraid of using it because I don't know enough to say that you know there was a scary oh what like about, promo company they got it from yeah so I don't know how pure the how clean the bottles inside are and yeah. whether I'd be horfing down like aluminum or other metals and whether mm -hmm. any of those metals would be dangerous to me but yeah. I like it as a memento of a time when you know it felt like the world was a bit of our oyster yeah and the possibilities were endless well I think that's one thing that they did. A, a good job of relatively with that was it was making creators feel valued yeah and and appreciated and you know it's not like i'm a huge fan particularly of like alphabet or google or youtube 
but that was the way that they did stuff right. There's a lot of stuff that they did wrong, right? There's been a lot of criticisms mm. of them for how they've handled sort of their public communications, and uh, there's a real tension, I think, when YouTube as a platform is the engine that drives a lot of people's livelihoods and is in part directly sort of supporting their livelihoods, uh, but it is often at odds with those creators. And so that's the problem with like, you know, ads and everything, right? Like every time YouTube makes a change, uh, if somebody does not have enough sort of contingencies in place for like, right. how would you replace your ad revenue? Right. How would you replace it if you stopped getting recommended to new, you know, viewers? How, it, what would, what are you going to do if all of a sudden YouTube stops showing your videos to subscribers or something like that? Right. right, right. There's all these little things that a lot of sort of mid-sized creators don't have contingencies for because you're not mm -hmm. you don't have enough resources to have those contingencies right. and then youtube can totally muck up people's careers and so there's this tension between you know being a platform uh and mm -hmm. being sort of this independent actor that has your own set of sort of goals you want money you want um you know cultural cachet so advertisers mm -hmm. don't want to pull out right you want to be able mm -hmm. to sort of make your moves and then you're also like interface with like google so you've got all of these sort of like data and ad revenue mm -hmm. and ad sense related concerns and then you have all these people who are kind of building their like livelihoods off of you mm -hmm. and so there's there's been a lot of criticism about youtube for a lot of the decisions they make but for for what it's worth those youtube spaces were a great way of sort of for the people who were showing up being like, hey, yeah, you know, you might not be yeah. the biggest. Actually, you know, the cutoff was a thousand subscribers. So you could still be right. small, pretty small. But it's like, yeah, we'll we'll splash out a little bit for you. We'll pay, you know, right. uh, for some of these creators cases, probably more than YouTube was getting out oh, of them. Oh, 100%. Right? I mean, th and that was the best thing, too, is that they had thresholds. So the party was lowest. You, you needed a thousand to get in. Yeah. And I think to use their, they had educational um, resources too. They, yeah. they had classes. I went to one of the classes. Was that like 10k subs or something? Yeah. For that? 10k maybe. Yeah. There yeah. was like there was like 1k, 5k, 10k. I think was. I can't... One was studio space booking it, and one was going to the classes. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was neat going to the class. I learned a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise, and I. But I, you know, not not that we've used any because I think our channel was a little bit different than what they were aiming for. But it yeah. was just neat to have that experience and have access to things that would be otherwise. I don't know, off limits or yeah. just definitely less accessible. Yeah. yeah. It's, they really put the, they made you feel like a micro celebrity, like yeah. a, like a internet niche micro celebrity who you get to show your YouTube channel and then get into a party. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Pretty, pretty silly, yeah. but pretty cool. Yeah. So there we go. All right. So maybe we've got time for one more question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next one comes from Pikachu5j, and they say, I actually really like the addition of doing a brief showcase on the current challenge characters. I'm late, I know, but it's new for me. Part of what makes Injustice Mobile fun is using different teams in MP, and I was going to pass on this challenge until your review intrigued me. Nice touch to breathe life into an otherwise repetitive cycle. Yeah, so you know what? This I, Not to answer this question directly to start with, but I, what it reminds me of is how much more interesting characters become when you are forced to play with them. Yeah. And that's a function of the game and a, a, a part that the the hackers and cheaters really bypass and miss out on. So I'm, I'm thinking back to, so when I first started playing the game, I had uh, the Silver Harley Quinn, I believe she, that's Regime, 
and I had the silver green arrow, and I believe that was green arrow prime. Mm-hmm. And it it was by function of buying packs, which seemed like the most cost effective way to uh, improve them, and getting lucky. So with the silver packs, I, those were the ones I had multiple copies of, so mm-hmm. I was able to promote them. Yeah, and it is so much more interesting. Each char- characters become more interesting the more you are forced to play with them. Yeah, and I think the game suffers a lot when characters are what what am I trying to say when when you have too much at once or you don't or you choose specific paths to go as far as promoting certain characters mm-hmm. way before you know enough about them to decide which one you actually want yeah you know what I mean like it's it feels like there's something missing there that when you it's not that there's a right or wrong way to play it but that if you play it a certain way Mm -hmm. you end up missing out on part of what makes the game so great yeah i think like how they like pace the rewards they give you and how fast you get new stuff definitely impacts the game and i think you know the default sort of no glitch nothing way of injustice is too slow probably yeah and you know that it's like that on purpose because they want you to spend money and then with glitches, I think there's times where if you use glitches from right when you started playing, it could mm-hmm. probably be too fast. Mm-hmm. And I think where mm-hmm. glitches are right now, it's probably feels like maybe a little too slow, uh, but too slow to towards the right speed. Right. Where you're getting, especially if you can max out a new challenge character like right. every week. Right. So Pikachu 5J, I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy this. I'm thinking if I can find it, what what I found difficult, what was interesting was I didn't expect it to be so difficult to find the time to play in Justice Uakuma because the way that the week works, you get a week each time between the weekly recap. So that's a few days to really play multiplayer and get a feel for what each character can do. Yeah. Doing a second character each week means that that time is cut mm-hmm. by a lot. Yeah. And I feel it's. I'm sure I, I notice some things right away, but I'm sure yeah. that the more I play with each character, at least, the more I play with them, yeah. the more I figure out. Yeah, there's a trade-off for sort of volume of characters covered to quality of insights about each character. Yeah, and part of it is it's you just can't know everything until you've been in situations. Like, you have to play certain volume of games to see the interesting situations show up and be able to see, not only see stuff, but have see how they play out differently depending on what you do. Yeah. And I guess if I wasn't working full-time, it would be a lot easier if I could dedicate myself to this. Although if you weren't working full-time, if you were retired or whatever, you would probably be filling your time with other stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much of that free time would, would become filled with injustice. Well, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, you know... When you when you sort of daydream a little bit, you know it's yeah. not going to happen because mm-hmm. even if it did happen the way you thought it might, it would lead you in a totally different direction. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, most things are like this where there's a right amount of stuff. And I think, you know, playing Injustice like a full-time job would be too much Injustice. I yeah. think, you know, you play it the amount that's fun. And then when it stops being fun, you stop playing it. And yeah. so I think the good thing with the way that we play it is I think... Much more would probably be too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it sometimes it's good to sort of have those artificial restrictions. It's good to be, you know, like busy or yeah. not have enough time to just, you know, play Injustice for eight right. hours a day. Right. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, I think that's a, as good a place as any yep. to finish up for the week. So to finish up, we'd like to give a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. And that would be Michael DeVries, Irvin Ruiz, Hoshi127, and Nora Klimek, who are supporting us on a credit level. And I apologize, because every time I see Nora's name, I want to say Norma. And I know it's not normal, but I want to say that because there's something in and my head that's... So you're apologizing for thinking the wrong thing? It's like a thought crime? Well, because I know that at some point I'm going to say it wrong and not catch myself. Yeah. So, um, and the so other, look forward yeah. to that. Is that... Or watch out. <laughs> be, be wary. I, I, my anticipatory um, apology. You're, you're like guilty for something you haven't done. Thought crimes. Yeah. Minority report. Um, so the other names that you saw scrolling on the screen past you were people who have supported us at some point during the pandemic for which we are also grateful. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks so much to all of you for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.